This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good morning. It is Friday, September 10th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Lance Glenn. I know I mentioned that Trey will be back today. He's not but he will be back with everyone on Monday. Today is our week two preview episode, and we are going to focus on four games that really highlight the weekend. Joining me now to break down those matchups is 24-7 Sports National College Football Analyst, Blake Brockermeyer. Blake, how are we doing? Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'm great. I'm excited to talk a little football today. Excited about week two. Blake, as I mentioned, there are four exciting games we're going to talk about on today's episode, and let's waste no time starting with the first. Ohio State hosts Oregon, and I think all eyes right now are on Kayvon Thibodeau and whether or not Oregon star defender will play after sustaining a sprained ankle last week. Look, you obviously having played offensive line at Texas and in the NFL, I'm sure you dealt with injuries throughout your career. But with Thibodeau being on the defensive side, how much could this set Oregon's defense back if he's first not able to play? And even if he is, I'm sure he's going to be hampered by this injury in some way, shape or form that could really limit what he can do physically against a fast and high powered Buckeye offense. Yeah, you know, that's definitely a problem for Oregon. I think, you know, Thibodeau's obviously, you know, you can look at it two different ways. You know, he's he's going to be a top five pick in the draft, whether he plays or not. His health is going to be a concern to him personally. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he doesn't want to, you know, have a major injury. That, so that would, you know, limit his, you know, draft stock. And also it's not a Pac-12 game. So it doesn't really, you know, affect Oregon's chances of winning the Pac-12. So I would be surprised if he, if he didn't play. Uh, Ohio State's got a, a, a really powerful offense. They didn't look great against Minnesota, but first game, you, you can always overreact a little bit. Their offensive line is good. They've got great players uh, on their O-line. It wouldn't shock me if he didn't play. I think Oregon's, you know, they've got some pieces back on their on their back end of their defense, but I think it's going to be a long day for them. It's, a, it's an early kick for Oregon at Ohio State. Ohio State's had a couple extra days to rest so i think it'll be you know oregon's in a tough spot yeah and like you said it is that noon kickoff eastern time so oregon coming across the country it's really a a 9 a.m pacific time start so obviously whenever you have that it's always difficult for the team traveling so let's move on to game number two that we want to spotlight that game is iowa iowa state it's the annual cyhawk game and the biggest really in the rivalry's history Iowa comes in ranked 10th. Iowa State comes in ranked 9th. The first time they're matching up both as ranked teams. So first, Blake, take me into the mind of a player getting ready for as big a game as this is. You know, how different is your mindset the week leading up to the pregame and even in game when dealing with a matchup of this magnitude compared to just another run of the mill non-conference game? Coaches always say, you know, every game's the you know, same, you know, faceless opponent, this and that, but this is a big deal. And uh, I've never been to this game, but I know that these two teams don't like each other. It's a huge, it's a huge game for the state. 
Uh, obviously, college game day is going to be there, which is a, a big deal. So it's a different mindset. The intensity ramps up. Both teams, uh, Iowa actually had a really impressive win last week. And Iowa State, you know, they won not overly impressive. But, you know, I think everyone's looking forward to this game across the country. It's going to be a, a great matchup. And uh, it's always uh, a, a close game. Do you, and you mentioned Iowa State maybe not looking as impressive as Iowa did. Obviously, Iowa beating Indiana 34 to 6. I think Iowa State beating Northern Iowa 16 to 10. Is it true that players can kind of overlook? You know, if you're Iowa State, could that non impressive win be credited to somewhat them maybe overlooking Northern Iowa in some aspects and kind of focusing a little bit earlier on Iowa, uh, you know, instead of just putting all their attention on their week one game? I mean, I think Northern Iowa has a, has a very good reputation. They don't play at the same level that Iowa State does, but they're still a good team. Iowa State traditionally uh, over the last few seasons has started off slow, so they might just be a kind of a starting, you know, a slow starting team. And also, you know, coaches aren't going to – if you've got a tough week two opponent or week three opponent, you're not going to show all your cards week one. I mean, it's not a game. It's it, You're going to be a little more vanilla, run your base stuff. It's just like – you know, in high school, when you scrimmage teams, you're trying to keep it simple and work on the fundamentals. So uh, I'm sure Iowa State expected to, uh, you know, beat Northern Iowa, just running their base stuff. But uh, I think, you know, it's just human nature to look ahead to a huge game the week after. And, you know, it's also probably to Iowa State's favor that Iowa had a tough emotional win versus a, a solid Indiana uh, team the week before because, you know, Indiana was a was a kind of an upstart team last year, you know, made some waves. And, and, and to win that game and, and to feel good about yourself, you know, I think plays into Iowa State's favor a little bit also. And do you have an X factor for both teams that you kind of have your eye on? You know, who would it be? I guess if you have one for the Cyclones and who would it be for the Hawkeyes? I think for Iowa, they're built on being a power football team, running the football. Tyler Goodson, I think, is, is a guy to watch. Uh, I mean, everybody knows who he is, but, you know, you know, he's running behind the best center in college football and Tyler Lindbaum. You know, they're going to have to throw the football at some point. Can Petrus throw the football effectively down the field to open up the running game. And that's the big question for me for Iowa. And then Iowa State has got a ton of experience. I believe Charlie Kohler is coming back to play. He's a huge weapon for them. They love throwing the ball to their tight ends. Uh, he's a huge target with a big catch radius. Had a great year last year. Uh, obviously, Brees Hall is one of the top running backs in the country. So, I mean, it's going to be a physical, tough-nosed game like that game always is. And it's going to come down to, you know, who can make a play or two here or there. And it's also going to be on who can not turn the ball over because field position will be a big part of this game as well. So moving on to our third game now, Washington heads to Ann Arbor to take on Michigan. I think this game will say a lot about both teams, frankly. For Washington, how they play, whether win or lose, I think it'll tell us a lot about how they and head coach Jimmy Lake deal with adversity after losing 13 to seven to Montana last week. And for Michigan, I think we'll learn a lot about how good they really are, because with a win here, they'll move to two and zero. and the possibility of meeting Wisconsin on October 2nd with a four and record is very likely. What are just your thoughts on this game and what you're expecting from both teams? 
you know, this game a few weeks ago seemed like a really interesting matchup after what Washington did to Montana last week. It, it, it really makes it even more interesting because, I mean, that's one of the biggest shockers I've, I've ever seen. I was, I really expected a lot out of Washington this year. They're, they're, they have a favorable schedule in the Pac-12, which all of their goals are still in front of them. I mean, it's not like their season's over with, but they've got a big offensive line. They have one of the best left tackles in Kirkland in college football. Uh, their quarterback struggled. I know they've got a lot of wide receivers that didn't play and are injured. Otten is one of the top tight ends in college football. So they are going to have to pound the football. They're going to have to run the rock, pound the football in a tough environment at, you know, at the big house at night. So that's going to be difficult task for them. On Michigan side of the ball, their offense is going to do the same thing. I mean, they lost the, you know their best wide receiver last last week for the year, who looked great. Uh, they have a strong three-headed monster attack at running back. So I think both teams are going to play smash-mouth football. It's going to be a defensive struggle. Both teams have a very good defense. And so uh, I think Michigan comes out on top, but I think – Washington, especially after last week, is gonna gonna show a little more fight than maybe they than people expected. So last one, and I'm sure this game kind of brings you back. Now, I don't believe that you played Arkansas while you were at Texas. I think they moved to the SEC right before you ended up uh, getting to Austin. But you grew up in Texas. You played high school football in Fort Worth. You know what this old Southwest Conference rivalry means for both teams. So first and foremost, do you have just growing up? Um, I think you mentioned to me that, that your father played in this rivalry. Do you have any just memories of Arkansas, Texas from, from back in the day? Yeah. I mean, this is an old school Southwest conference rivalry. These two teams don't like each other. Obviously back in the old days, this was a, you know, two powerhouse teams with Frank Broyles at Arkansas, Daryl Royal at Texas, uh, national championship, 1970 game, you know, Richard Nixon was there. I mean, it's a, it, it was a different era of football back then. Uh, these two teams, they played each other, you know, fairly recently. I think when Bielema was there, they played in the Texas Bowl and just destroyed Texas a couple of years ago, uh, probably five or six years ago. But, you know, these two teams have a long standing tradition and, you know, it, it's going to be a fun atmosphere Saturday night in Fayetteville because, you know, I don't think the younger generation of Texas, Arkansas people really just doesn't really mean as much to them. But I know for a lot of the uh, old Southwest Conference uh, guys like myself, this is a this is a this is a fun game and a big game. And look, for Texas, this gives them the opportunity to start off Steve Sarkeesian's tenure 2-0, and it gives them the opportunity to beat a rival that they'll be seeing a lot more of again once they join the SEC in a few seasons. For Arkansas, they also have the opportunity to start off 2-0, and I think this would really be Sam Pittman's signature win so far in Fayetteville. Look, it's certainly a big game for both teams in what I'm sure will be an electric Razorback Stadium. What are you most looking forward to seeing on Saturday night? Yeah, it's going to be a great, great environment. It's going to be a, a very hostile environment for Texas. We'll see how they uh, react to, a, you know, playing on the first game on the road under Sark. Uh, you know, K.J. Jefferson is a huge quarterback that loves to throw the, uh, you know, lo that loves to run the football. When you hit him, you better bring every ounce of energy in your body because he, you know, he's like a, a tackling a huge, huge guy. So he can run through you, he can run around you. I mean, that's going to be a, a, a big, you know, big part of the, of the game plan. Arkansas expects Texas to try to stop them around the football, I would think. 
And I would expect Arkansas to take some shots. You know, they, they've got, you know, some good receivers. Burks, Traylon Burks is one of the best receivers in the SEC. So that'll be a matchup. Arkansas is going to go tempo. Kendall Browles is their OC. So Texas has to be ready for that. And then, you know, on the other side of it, I, I think, you know, special teams is going to be a big factor in this. Arkansas hasn't had a great special teams unit the last couple of years. They had a punt blocked against Rice. They fumbled their opening kickoff. I believe they were one of the bottom 5% teams in the country in special teams in 2020. So I'm sure Texas will try to take advantage of that. And then, you know, Barry Odom, Arkansas's defensive coordinator, he is a really good defensive coordinator that, you know, every every year – when the coaching circles come around and new coaches are being hired, his name's always mentioned. You know, they've got an excellent middle of the field defender in their robber defense, you know, Catalan, who, you know, runs, you know, kind of runs their defense. And, uh, you know, he's a playmaker for them. And, uh, you know, Odom will make it confusing. Uh, he'll try to give, you know, Hudson Card, who's making his first road start, you know, give him some different looks. So, you know, it ought to be a great game. It'll be a close game, in my opinion. And uh, it'll be it'll be a fun, you know, kind of a new start to a rivalry that's probably going to go on here for a long time. Well, a lot riding on that game and a lot on the line in each of these games for all the teams playing in them. Sure sets up for a very fun and exciting week two of the college football season. Blake, thanks so much for coming on and giving me some time today. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it. Good talking to you. So before we go each week, Trey has been choosing three games and picking them based on the spread. So since he's out this week, I'll fill in for him on these picks and give my three selections. First, Ohio State is minus 14 and a half against Oregon. Give me the Buckeyes in that one. I think their offense really started to get going in the second half against Minnesota. It's hard for a West Coast team to travel across the country and play a noon Eastern time game. And the Kayvon Thibodeau injury worries me big time. Second in the Cyhawk game, give me Iowa State to win, but give me Iowa plus four and a half. This game, to me, screams last possession wins. You know, I expect it to be a real grind all game long, plus the last two that took place in Ames, Iowa. Iowa won by three points in 2017 and one point in 2019. So both have been very, very close. Last, give me Washington plus seven against Michigan. It would not shock me if Michigan won. It wouldn't shock me if Washington won either. But I think seven is a big line regardless. I think Washington's going to come out energized, upset after losing to Montana, and desperate for a win. So to recap my three picks, I'm taking Ohio State minus 14 and a half, Iowa plus four and a half, and Washington plus seven. A big thanks to Blake Brockermeyer for coming on today's episode. You can follow him on Twitter at FW. My name is Lance Glenn. I hope everyone enjoys this weekend's games. Trey will be back with you on Monday for the next edition of the College Football Daily. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.